Hey, Hannah. Hey, Jackie. I just really can't tell you how grateful I am to you because um, this is the first time that maybe we're going to get really uncomfortable, for me anyway. I'm listening to your neighborhood. You're listening? You're listening to Your Neighborhood, a podcast for uncomfortable culture conversation, specifically about race. With Hannah and Jackie. So far, everything has been kind of, I think we've agreed for the most part, right? The the topics have been heavy, but the, we've agreed on them. And I don't know how you will feel about this or if you'll agree with me. And I um, come to you telling you this, but with worry that like, I have a worry that you are going to feel like I, I'm making you teach me something and I don't want to be in that situation, but you're my friend and I want to tell you stuff that's heavy that I'm grappling with, you know? I do. So, you're so nervous. I am. This is a really, I'm nervous. I would, I can't believe I'm telling this story on a podcast because this is a story that I haven't told like friends of mine. It's just a really uncomfortable thing for me. Ooh, I'm going to put um, on my seatbelt right now. Click. Okay. I'm- <laughs> Um, so I'm just going to breathe. Um, all right, here it goes. We moved here, uh, about two years ago and we moved into a home. And as we were looking at the home, um, it it was clear even from the realtor that there was somebody who had been helping out in the yard. It, It just looked well cared for. Anyway, at the time I was very pregnant and uh, needed help. So I was looking forward to meeting this person. And over the course of the two years, he has intermittently been around and is is very much a character and does things the way that he's going to do them, um, shows up when it's good for him to show up. And I've kind of, I kind of just accepted all that as kind of like um, part of, part of, um, who he is and what what these dynamics would be like. Um, I also felt a sense of obligation because he led with saying that from the time this home was built, he has been here working and has told stories and about doing all the landscape that there is. And so um, anyhow, more recently, um, before the pandemic, I guess, he's started showing up with a girlfriend and the girlfriend um it felt like she was just kind of not responding to boundaries she for starters for anyone who's doing a job I think to bring a girlfriend is a little bit strange yeah so pause I was like wait is he bringing the girlfriend as an employee yes or no unclear um, okay. she, he used to walk here and then, um, and said that he didn't live too far and that he enjoyed walking. Um, but very soon into our relationship, he got rides here from her, but then she would hang in the car. And then very quickly, she was not hanging in the car. She was kind of coming up and then sometimes she was helping him and I, um, work alongside of him as well. So, um, that means that my children are there and she's a heavy smoker. And for me, that's a thing I'm trying to, I create distance between my children and lots of heavy smoking so a lots of heavy smoking or just smoking well any smoking I guess (laughs) but we could say this was lots of heavy so I tried to create a boundary there (laughs) okay 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 okay, okay. 
So anyway, um, she has um, stage four lung cancer. Okay. And so I think I also felt badly for this person. So I Mm -hmm. felt a little uncomfortable um, drawing stronger boundaries than I would have had the circumstances been a little bit different, I guess. So when the pandemic hit... um, I was already had already advanced the um, gentleman a fair amount of money, and had he had not shown up for work on that. Um, but as the pandemic hit, I thought this is not the time to worry about things like that. I want to just help the people in my circle, and so he was one of the number that I reached out to, and I was concerned particularly for his girlfriend, because I know she's in a vulnerable population. So anyway, I helped him with some groceries and some money. And then not long after they called late at night, she called and said they needed some money for a hotel. Uh, So I helped out. And she'd said that they were fumigating their house. um, And that's why they couldn't be in it, which didn't make sense why that would happen. But I'm just trying to trust when people tell me something that it's true. So anyway, mm-hmm. then the call came again, and I, I don't like people calling at a, past a certain time at night. I'm usually busy trying to put the kids down. Anyway, the call mm-hmm. came in. I let it go. And then um, there was another text message, and at this point, the text message says, well, actually, um, we're now living out of a car. And I, I was sitting with a lot of, hmm, like, guilt, but also... I felt guilty for not helping more, for not immediately doing something, but I also felt like I had done what I thought was fair and and they hadn't shown up, he hadn't shown up to work and I felt uncomfortable that it was the girlfriend contacting me and not the person. And so now I guess we can say that the the original person um, is African-American and his girlfriend is white. So for So for some reason... I felt compelled to work with him, but I feel really strange about her and in the interaction and that he, and that now <laughs> she is the go between between me and him. So it's a real messed up sort of dynamic because um, other people in my circle who I have told this have said, it is somebody you were paying to do a job and they have not done the job and are now hounding you for money. But on the other hand, spiritually speaking, I want to be a person who, if I'm able to help somebody in a time of need, I help them in a time of need. I'd rather my tombstone say overly generous than, you know, turn turned her back, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I do. And my question, I guess, would be, if I hear you correctly, <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> you are taking care of two households. Hmm essentially or helping create a household with a employee i was going to say business partner but he's definitely your he's employed by you to do a job and he has now brought his personal life into that mix oh yeah and was it like that you it wasn't like that from the beginning yeah it was like that from the beginning and in fact i think um that was kind of the MO. The previous owner of the home had had a relationship. There were, we're the third people who've lived in this home. And so the previous mm-hmm. two owners had brought him in and 
had had strong relationships with him. And he made it clear to me, like from day one, that he had had these strong relationships and that it it made me feel like it was my job to then follow suit, that he was dependent on this. Yeah, it was the expectation that you will do, you will follow suit and you will do the same. And might I ask, do you know what the ethnicity of the previous homeowners were? I'm trying to think if I know that with certainty. I don't know that with certainty. Not that, not that it, not that it matters, but it well, could, you know. What I, I mean, mean, it doesn't. Um, it doesn't. It does because because we can't look at any of these scenarios without consi- without the um, context of our of our society. Right. So yes, the thing is, this person um, also had traumatic brain injury from a gunshot wound. Now, can I look at a person who has that and say that has nothing to do with skin color? I don't know. It's in the context of our culture because the air we breathe, the water we drink is full of oppression. So you can't take that out of the mix. Yeah, you're list, you're 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 seeing him through your lenses, yeah. right? So there's the one lens that he's a, a sound, assuming that he's an older mm-hmm. gentleman. All right, so then you've got like you know we want to take care of our elderly, and because that is that is important, mm-hmm. right? Um, he is. A, did you? I don't. You said he is. He has PTSD of some sort, or he has some sort of mental facilities. My working knowledge of him is that that he would be unable to have other gainful work, which makes me feel all the okay. more like this is, I need to find a way. It's your yeah. responsibility. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's your responsibility yeah. to make sure this guy thrives because this house, <laughs> you chose this house, so you chose everything that came along with it. I felt like, well, you know, ooh, this is uncomfortable to say, Jackie. I believe in reparations as a way of healing, but I don't have a lot of faith that we're going to see that in a meaningful way um, anytime soon. And I feel Mm -hmm. some sense that I should do something where I can. Your white guilt is all over this. Yeah. It's like taking a yeah. bath. It's lathering. Yeah. It's lathering up. <laughs> Getting yes. all ready every time he comes. Yeah, you, it's like slathered in, in white guilt. And then there is a balance between that guilt and the savior, savior complex. Are you supposed to be the person to be saving this guy? Right. Like, so yeah. at, the, at the end of the story, I sat up all night with the, um, with the last text message. And I felt I felt like... Um, well, so which is it? Are you, was it getting fumigated or, or is there something else at play? How am I to know what's really going on? I'm, I don't know. I don't have any way of knowing and nor do I have any capacity at this moment to go and investigate, um, nor the will. And then, so I, what I ended up doing is sending resources, um, a list of resources that they could, um, use. And then I got no response from that. Yeah. So I imagine I'm thinking about this, right? So your tolerance level for the white girlfriend was very low. Um, I think it was, well, hmm, external tolerance or internal tolerance? In, internal, internal tolerance tol- was tol- low. 
Because right. she, a, she's a girlfriend. She's a white woman. Any girlfriend, yeah. I think I would have felt that way about. Like, what are you, okay, what are you doing it. there? I, although I guess, you know, if I'm going to be fair and get real, this is not an episode that's going to make me look cute in any way. Um, you ain't trying, I'm not trying to be cute. Either. He ha- did show up another time, like early, early on with, I guess, a nephew or something. And while I didn't feel comfortable around it because it was never, it was never like, is it okay if this person comes into your yard? Yep. It was like, just happened. But I did allow it to happen. I mean, I allowed it to yeah. happen with her too. So maybe, I don't know what that says about my boundaries, but. Your boundaries. Uh, it just sounds like you did not. It sounds like Anna, you created Welcome. zero boundaries for this guy. He told you what the boundary yeah. was going to be, and you said, uh-huh, yeah. okay, let's see how this works. And this is yeah. what you got. So he, I'm not saying that he played your white guilt, but it is working in his favor in this situation. Right. And then, I like, eyes wide awake, right? It wasn't really a... Uh, eyes wide awake it did not truly come like the hammer what does it say the rubber didn't meet the road until the girlfriend came in and became the conduit between the two of you well actually you know even if he showed up now and needed to work I feel like that would be a different scenario a different in Um, what way well if he can't if he reached out to me in any way at this point then then I could outline boundaries now that I realize that I haven't been clear about them. I've had them internally, mm-hmm. but kind of like just choked him down because yep. because of the race thing, because of the trauma, because of my guilt, because of all these things. I kind of just mm-hmm. swallowed things that I wouldn't have swallowed in another dynamic. Right. You, yeah, you wouldn't have had it been because you, I mean, it was clear with the old girl that it was like wouldn't happen. But then here's the deal. Here's the, I guess from my lens, I'm looking at it like, got it. Because like you said, because the way we see the world, it's this older black guy who's got a gunshot wound, like of all the different <laughs> things you could say for a black American person as he's got a gunshot wound who's rendered him unable to have any sort of work. And you're it like you are that chick. All right, like, and if you, who knows what's going to happen if your family's out the window, out out the picture, that income right. is out the picture. I'm saying, yeah, um, not necessarily your responsibility, but, but on the other hand, if it's like someone that you, I, I'd like to think if it's somebody that you have, um, that you care deeply enough for to continue the relationship, then I wouldn't wait on him to call me period like I would say hey look boundaries here they go or else you just I feel like you open yourself up to be can I'm not going to say that he's manipulating you because I don't know him personally like I don't know Mm -hmm. his mo but I'm just going to say like your guilt is probably enabling him in a way from even having like a better opportunity with his job so like I you hear from black people all the time about black businesses is that I don't go to black business because they don't know how they don't got good customer service. They always not open when they supposed to be. They don't show up when they're supposed to like all these negative connotations about black Mm -hmm. businesses. And so I get it because for some black, you know, when people getting into business don't necessarily have 
what it takes to keep a business going, right? There's a business mindset that's necessary. Mm. And so I don't think it does a service for him to be able to um, give himself the ability to even sustain something if he's just allowed to do whatever the hell it is Mm -hmm. that he wants Mm -hmm. to do. If you care, to me, if you care about that business, like so as a black business owner, when I see other black business owners fucking up, quite frankly, I would just be like, yo, I really think that X, Y, and Z. I had to tell my barber, look, Mm -hmm. I love you. I want to keep coming to you, but you got to be here, right? Like you got to be here when you say Mm -hmm. you're going to be here and you got to keep, keep this ship running smooth Mm -hmm. because my life doesn't revolve around getting this haircut. Yeah. Right. I had to have that conversation because I want her business to flourish and because if 16 people will come in and then go back out to the streets and talk shit about her, about That's what she's doing. But that's mm-hmm. not helping. Like, to, if you care about somebody, you're going to say, like, look, I want to see this business of yours prosper. And again, I'm only putting the black business lens on it because that's what we're talking about. And that's the stereotype. And that's like that black businesses just don't got it all together. And essentially, he is a business. So the help would be, all right. I cannot, I've given you what you need to do my yard for this amount of time. I cannot advance you anymore. Here's how I can't advance you. You do what you're in. Now, here's what it means. Do you have an LLC? Let me connect you with this people because I want, you know, like he's got a fish. Like he's, he's not my he's kid. He's not your child. Right. He's not your child. So, well, if he was my child, I would have drawn much stronger boundaries. You sure would have. <laughs> Because you care. But here's what I'm also just grappling with. Yeah. When I asked around when we first moved here, I asked neighbors, and I'm just thinking through if they were all white neighbors. And I think, I didn't ask many people, but I asked a few people in the immediate vicinity, and most people didn't use them. But it's like one of those things where when you don't know people who you're asking even if it's about a restaurant or something, they say, oh, go to this place. Like, you don't know their taste. You don't know if it's going to be good or not. So, like, I don't know when I first ask somebody about something if they are speaking from racism or if they're speaking from they're giving me a real objective right. thing. You got to try it for yourself. You yeah. try to try it for yourself. Yeah. But but the but I think I think at the core of this, though, as far as I, I'm going to say obligatory relationships is like. I've had a relationship that was like this with someone that I was close with for 20 some odd years at the time of us splitting. Mm. And I did not know that it was terrible. Not even, let me not use the word terrible. Toxic? I don't even know the word to use. There you go. I did not know how toxic it was until it had to be pretty damn bad, right? So I give this person a pass. I try, you know, I'm always working things out. But a, a, a good friend of mine said, um, why are you torturing yourself? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're you're scheduling it to make that you have to do this for this person. You have to do that. You have to call at this time. You have to make sure like you're torturing yourself. And then in of itself, every time you call, it's another form of torture because you know what the conversation, like stop torturing yourself. And you might actually be torturing that person too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, at what point are you tired of being tortured? And and do you really care? Or is it just a, and you, I mean, this is all questionable you can answer. Is it just a white guilt thing where it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to look bad for firing this black guy who has all these other things. I just can't have that look bad on me 
Then mm-hmm. that's a mm-hmm. that's a vanity issue. That is because at the at the, when it's all said and done, I think there are two stances. If you're asking, hold on, let me make sure. Do you want my opinion? Oh yes, I want your opinion. Okay, but that's I, what I don't time. want you to feel like you have to. I know that you said that at the beginning, okay. so I'm going to ask you again. Do you want my opinion? Yeah. Okay, last time, this is three strikes. Do you want my opinion? <laughs> yes, give it to me. Okay, I have to just make sure that if you, if, yeah, if you gave a damn about this guy, then you point him in the direction to make his business thrive. It's not your job to make his business thrive. It's his, mm, right? Mm-hmm. You can give him the tools and the resources and come from a place that I care enough because I want to see you be successful. And I, you just had this conversation with me the other day about successful black-owned businesses or two, hello, I pay this dude. You're paying this guy mm-hmm. for a service. Mm-hmm. If he was a restaurant, you would not go back. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You wouldn't. You wouldn't do that to yourself. Yeah, I really I really held on to it. It's not that I it's not that I don't care about him, but I felt like I was holding on to his better days. Like I felt like he had given something to other people and then I was picking up I was catching him at a moment in time. I mean, like, when have we had a pandemic before? <laughs> you know, like, I'm just catching him at this moment that, like, it's 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 um, shitty for him that the people he had relationships with have moved. But I didn't feel yeah. like we ever got to the place where I had a relationship where I got something out of that relationship. Yeah. I feel like I was maintaining something out of total obligation. Yeah, it doesn't sound healthy. Mm-mm. No. Mm. Hmm. So what matters more? Your health or his comfort? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I I I I know my health, but <laughs> but it's um it's a tr- it's a trippy road forward to commit yourself to anti-racist work and then every little interaction gets um there's like a moment in time and maybe I'll move through this but this is where I am right now at so many interactions get blown into some whole like epic thing I put everything that I'm learning into one thing maybe yeah because you have that 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 lens of I'm trying to yeah right yep I'm trying to do better and I understand that he may have not every and this is what I uh try to make it a point for myself is that every black story is not a story of struggle every black story is not a you know like that's not that is not the case um we do not need to get into the business of struggle porn when we're dealing with black people minority people whatever like because that's not always the case but um, if you tried to help him grow in such a way where he was a better business owner and he decided no, would that make it easier for you to say, well, I've done what I can? Yeah. Well, even already now, when I didn't hear back after giving resources, like not even a thank you, it made me be like, okay, well. Yeah, I tried. Yeah. And coming from somebody who has given people so much damn money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. 
I mean, seriously, like family just, I was like, man, I should be better off than I am right now. That's because mm. I can, I can, I can at least count for $50,000 that has went into other people's hands in my immediate family, Oof. immediate family. Oof. Yeah. Oof is right. I think the same thing. So, yeah. Okay. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, so you and, recognize the impulse. <laughs> yes. To just, because, and, and you know what? When I, it took me having children mm. to say no. And even, it actually, let me not lie. It took, yeah, it took me having more than one child mm-hmm. to say no. Because mm-hmm. I had the one and it was like, my son's rotten. I'd give him whatever he wants, <laughs> you know. But then when I had the second one and then decided to get married and wanted all these things, I was just like, yo, I can't help you. And here, what's crazy about it is that my immediate family that used to ask me for money all the time, their lives have not significantly changed for the better. Mm. Let's just be real. Mm. It has not. But their attitude towards asking me has. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so I, when, when, when my older brother said to me the other day, he was like, look, I'm not going to call you because I'm just on some bullshit. You know, he's like, I'm not going to call you. He's like, uh, it, 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 he, used to, he used to ask me to send him $5 Western Union. Do you know how much money it costs to send $5? How much? It costs probably $5 to send $5. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. When, when I'm Western Union you, $5 so you can get a couple cigarettes or whatever because I know that your baby mama died from a seizure. You got three kids. You're right. Like, let's go on. Yeah. Right? Wow. The whole sob story. Right, like, you're, right. you got a bad foot and a bad back so you can't really work the mm-hmm. boys don't motherless yeah i want to help hell yeah i want to be that person but um so when is the day that you're going to get up and choose and say i want my children to see better or i want to see better for myself and i'm actually going to try to do something right yeah that provides an income or whatever so i mean i don't know what it's going to take for you but i think when you really when we really get tired of something we make the change um, yeah. Well, I we think make the, the change the way we want to see it. The motherhood analogy is ringing so true to me because mm-hmm. I'm right now teaching my son wants some toy that he's obsessed with in the moment, and I'm sure it's going to pass. And I cannot stand another toy in our house. But I, he's earning like little pieces of money for doing. He's got his baseline chores, and he has extra chores, and he can choose to do mm-hmm. these extra chores, and he gets a little like quarter each time. And he is having to work his way up. And I'm not mm-hmm. handing out money, and I'm not buying him more toys. And that's how I'm training him. And I love him dearly. It's just, uh, it is a, it's a tough love thing. And I, I think that lens makes me not feel heartless when I say no. Um, I love that. And I love the solutions of being able to, if you really, if you really care about somebody, where are the resources, you know, what can you do that will actually help, not just Band-Aid. Yeah. Yep, he can make it so that you're not his only source of income. Right. And, oh, and, and I, I don't I'll, think I am. I, yeah. I don't think so, I am, but um, but I don't know. You, you don't know? I, I don't know. I just don't know. And I don't know yeah. what what um, different people's lives look like in the midst of what we're mm-hmm. living in right now. And what we're going on right now. Yeah. And I, I'll tell you, I used to tell my students, um, like the military, well, they were, they were fresh in the military, but they would try to, um, play me 
if that's what you will like try to you know like <laughs> pull any kind of string they could like y'all piss you off string i'll mm-hmm. make you feel bad mm-hmm. and then i you know we would we would ultimately have the conversation about uh, it would end with me saying you know i love my son because at the time i had a son i said i love my son and i don't let him treat me this way so why would i let you treat me this way yeah yeah. I don't let somebody I love treat me like this. So right. why right. would I let you? And that has been the lens, I think, in which I've taken a lot of the relationships. Would I allow my somebody I love to treat me like this? Mm-hmm. No. And I actually like them. <laughs> so this is so. hugely helpful to me because before I told you about this, I was in my head thinking what you would say. I was I was assigning you lines, which is not mm-hmm. right to do, but like it was a part it's of. Normal. Yeah, but I mean, so I'm so glad to talk to you about it because your lines that you your, your words are different than the script I wrote you. <laughs> You're not staying on book. And but what I wonder is like, is this a situation where it's burdensome to? hear this scenario like if we were just friends and not doing it for a podcast would this feel burdensome to you no because i think i went through the same thing when i was um um dealing with my toxic relationship that went on for years is that i didn't want to tell anybody because one i didn't want to look bad because i had been close to this person for 20 some odd years right Mm -hmm. we have a whole childhood a whole adolescent a whole early adulthood life together like Mm -hmm. I don't want to feel like I'm talking shit about this person, mm-hmm. one, to mm-hmm. anybody, mm-hmm. because I'm just not that person. And then it's like, am I complaining about petty stuff? And then if I say that, are people going to look at me like you're just a shitty friend that is not? Yeah. <laughs> or you're fake because you were with this person for all this time or friends with this, you know, mm-hmm. so like I get the internal turmoil of of having these conversations, even if it wasn't for this. And hopefully it helps someone because like when you do things out of obligation that are not necessarily needs or something that you feel committed to, then I think you lose little pieces of yourself because I've done things out of obligation, yeah. but it was like, I'm committed to this. I'm obligated. Military. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I was brought up, I, I don't have the military training, but for me, like, like the strongest messaging I got from my family my dad in particular was like, if you say you're going to do something, you do it. Yeah. The end. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's, it's hard for me to quit things because of that. I, I probably got some good stuff from it too, but <laughs> yeah. So then what did you say? I guess my question is, is what did you say that you were going to do in this? What did you commit to in this situation? No real commitment. Boom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, 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 Sounds like you're going round around you, round around and round around, round around. That's Tevin Campbell. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> round around we go. You know who Tevin Campbell is? Ah. Uh-huh. Oh, he's no, a, look it up. He's like an '80s or early '90s singer, I think. Round around we go. Yeah, it's a setup. Don't set yourself up. I mean, I still do it, but. <laughs> 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 yeah, but we, we could try not to. Exactly. Hopefully next time will be easier. Exactly. So oh. I'm not even going to ask you your so what now what, because I think that's a lot to process. Well, I think I know it. I think it's, I think it's, um, I think that I came into this dynamic as a white person feeling sorry for and not actually helping, mm. um, which is bad on me. 
Um, and I'm learning from that now. Like if I really cared about that relationship, then I should have set clear boundaries in the beginning. I should have spoken up um, and not let myself get trampled for feeling like that was a service to this person. Yeah. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy and I know that's probably hard to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No part of this is comfortable at all, but but I but I that is a learning I am learning from this. Yeah. I'm yeah. grateful for that chance to learn. I'm grateful you were here to um help me get there. I'm happy <laughs> so. that you shared cuz that is uncomfortable like it is we we are supposed to have uncomfortable conversations and this one definitely has a race lens on it. It definitely does. I mean, so I would ask even our listeners out there, are there times where you allow your guilt to prevent you from advancing someone else's life? Mm -hmm. Or are you an enabler and also helping perpetuate these negative stereotypes that people seem to sink into? So, like, who are you in this work? And... If you like who you are, then that is amazing. And I hope that we continue to work together. If you don't like some of the things you've done, I think there's an opportunity to change course. Um, Yeah, I think I'm just feeling like it's just not going to be pretty or easy mm -hmm. or clear cut. Nothing about it is clear cut. And if it were any of those things, then we would have like solved it. (laughs) (laughs) You would have then fixed it. Yeah, you have to be willing to do something you've never done and um, to care a whole awful lot. Yeah. Go on, Hannah, go on. Here we go. I'm clapping for you. <laughs> for me? Why? Don't clap for me. I don't think I don't think that helps me no, at all. No, this is because, <laughs> listen, Hannah, before we started this conversation, pulled off her, uh, her sweat top. <laughs> She I had, had an undershirt. She had an undershirt. She's in a cam- one of those camis. That's called a cami, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. I know you said, "Whoa, I'm sweating before I can start." Yeah, but I we invite you guys to you know what do you think? What do you think about Hannah's situation and what's your feedback? Good, bad, or indifferent? How do we move forward? And then you know what do you think about the advice? Because sometimes people are like, "Why the heck did you say that?" Well, I don't. We just trying. We're just trying to do the best that we can with what we got, and right now yeah. we got each other. <laughs> <laughs> so you got anything else, Anna? No, that's it. Oh. Soul is bared. Oh, Woo. <laughs> and pits are sweaty. So until next time, this has been Hannah and Jackie, and we invite you guys to stay open, stay curious, and make it a great day. Closer to history now.